All right. Well, hi everybody. I'm glad you're joining us today, and I'm glad I can be uh, giving you this message. I thought this would be a little bit more intimidating talking to a camera instead of a crowd, but I feel pretty good about it. I mean, I got Brian's help this week, so I'm feeling good. I'm also feeling good because, you know, the tech didn't totally go out on us this week like it did last week. And I thought to myself last week, if this happened to me, like, today, I'd take that as a sign from God saying that, hey, maybe you shouldn't be taking Brian's job, man. But uh, since everything's worked well so far and nothing extreme has happened, I think God loves me a little bit more than Brian today. I mean, he's sitting over here by the camera and smiling at me with a weird smile on his face, but I uh, feel good. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy what I got to say and hopefully it uh, impacts you in some way. Uh, so with that said, I'm going to be continuing on what Brian's been preaching about, about the Holy Spirit and how God is with us even when we struggle. Uh, with that said, I want to start off with uh, just a short recap of the year so far. I mean, 2020 has been a year like no other, uh, as you can tell. I mean, we're seven months into pandemia already, or seven and a half months, I would say, and this is our 33rd live stream, which I never thought I'd be saying, but it's insane how this year has gone. It's also weird because 2020 started off like any other year, you know? It started off with all this hope and joy when we watched the ball drop in New York City and we thought, you know, this is going to be a good year. And I say this because I want to talk about how in a regular year it's one of hills and valleys where we start off good and we have, you know, these moments of great joy and happiness, which in my mind was, you know, New Year's Day and all of January until we got the devastating news that Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi and seven others had died in a helicopter crash in Calabasas. I know for most people it really was just a, a devastating loss, especially LA sports fans and sports fans around the world. But I wouldn't even say that it was just sports fans around the world. I would say it was just people in general thought this was a devastating loss because Kobe, aside from being a, a great basketball player, one of the best to ever play, was also a great husband, a loving husband, caring father, and he was using his gifts, his God-given gifts that he had to try to make the world a better place and to help those that needed help uh, by coaching his daughter's basketball team and giving back to the community that loved him so much. So I would say in a normal year, the loss of Kobe and Gigi would be a valley. We would hit a valley of sadness and of depression and despair. And we would find ways to move on from that. But with 2020, it's a whole different animal. So in the year 2020, we have this thing, you know, called COVID. That's why we're doing this live stream and everything like that. And we didn't expect this to, you know, happen. And when it comes to COVID, I would say that instead of living a year of hills and valleys, that we're basically living a year of valleys and one of the hard things that would happen in a regular ha regular year happen, feels more like a gully or an even deeper valley. And I want to give some personal examples as to what uh, a gully in my life has been, or multiple gullies in my life have been during the time of COVID. Uh, the first one I want to s talk to you about is um, 
Earlier in the year, in March, right after the first quarantine began, my mom and I had to put our 13-year-old dog, Peewee, down. It was very hard for me because I'd had this dog since I was what, seven years old, and he was a major part of my life. And we didn't know exactly what was wrong with him, and we couldn't go into the vet's office and you know stand with him while they checked him out and all this other stuff that would happen in a regular year because we had all these new guidelines and nobody knew how to you know distance and what was right in the beginning of quarantine. So that was very hard on me having to not only put our dog down, but not being able to be with him until the you know final moment had happened. So it, it's also tough because you know d people treat dogs and animals like family nowadays, so it felt like losing a member of the family, and I was just like, you know, this is, this is hard, and it, it's even more hard because I have the overwhelming sadness and, and fear of you know, COVID and 2020 uh, resting on my shoulders already. The other hard part of this year for me, uh, another gully I would say, is the loss of my Aunt Billy and Uncle Bob within a month of each other. Um, my Aunt Billy passed away of a heart attack uh, in her sleep in late August, and then a month later, my Uncle Bob passed of natural causes. And that was a very, very hard time for me because both of these um, family members meant a lot to me. And they both loved me and they both encouraged me. And they both wanted to see me succeed in life. I remember my Uncle Bob would always be uh, watching a baseball game when we'd come and visit and be like, one day that's going to be you out there. And uh, hopefully one day I could prove him right. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that for me was a very hard time, losing both of them back to back. It was, it was a big blow to me. And add the impacts of COVID in 2020, still going on, it, it really felt like an insurmountable and impassable thing that happened in my life. And now we're in a third season, my mom and I, for um, Aunt Billy's husband, uh, my Uncle Jimmy, had a massive heart attack yesterday and is at uh, the hospital at Vanderbilt University, and they're saying there's pretty much nothing they can do for him, uh, that he's probably going to pass in a couple days which is, again, very hard on us. But when it comes to times like these, it makes me think of the song, Times Like These by the Foo Fighters. And I asked Nick if he would uh, you know, sing and strum the chorus for us. And after he's done, I'm going to break down the chorus to what I think it means for us in 2020. So here's Nick. like these you learn to live again it's times like these you give and give again it's times like these you learn to love again it's times like these time and time again uh so I wanted Nick to do that because, well, I knew he knows the song by heart and he's also a great musician and it, it would be a whole lot better than me just speaking through the words. You know, it's not as soulful. Um, but when it comes to these words and the song, I want to break them down for you. So the first line of the chorus goes, it's times like these you learn to live again. And to me in the year 2020, this verse holds a lot of weight 
because you know 2020 has been a hard year as we've already established and as we all know um, by heart by now uh, but I feel like Dave Grohl the you know lead singer of the Foo Fighters is trying to say in the song it's times like these when when it seems like times are the hardest that you learn to live your life again whether it be through times of reflection or times of prayer or looking back on uh, things that have happened in your past and learning from past mistakes that it's times when it feels like the w weight of the world is on your shoulders that you learn to live life anew and you get a new perspective of life. Uh, when it comes to the second verse or second line of the verse or the chorus uh, it's times like these you give and give again. I know for many of us it's hard to see the, the good in the world right now and the good in people right now because every time you're either watching the news or you're just looking at the world around you, it feels like there's a whole lot of bad in the world and that no good can come out of it. And I've seen the good come out of this time through whether it be people texting me, calling me, emailing me, wanting to get together, socially distanced, or, you know, if I know they're clean and safe, don't have COVID, you know, hanging out with them a little closer uh, than the guidelines would say. But shh, don't tell LA County that. Um, but it's times like these when people give their time and, you know, want to talk to you and tell them you that they love you, basically, and that you're still, you still matter to them, even though you haven't seen them in a while. It's these times where I see, you know, that we can make it out of this time. That with the love of each other and with everybody basically having your back, that you're not fighting through this alone. And that takes me to the third verse that I want to talk, or the third line that I want to talk about, which is it's time like these you learn to love again. And I've learned to love again this time, uh, whether it be through people texting or calling me or me reaching out to other people. Just showing them my love and showing them that, you know, it's okay to, you know, not feel alone in these times of great uncertainty and fear. And I think that's the biggest and best thing that we could do in times like these is just reach out and show people that you still care about them and that you still love them. Reach out to a friend that you haven't talked to in a while and just see how they're doing, see how life's going. I mean, it can only do more good than it can do pain and hurt. Um, so with that said, I want to talk about how, you know, God is with us still, and God is with us in these times and how he protects us in these times, even though we might not feel it or see it, right? It's not like Jesus is running around the streets of Glendale giving everybody a high five saying, it's okay, brother, it'll be okay. You know, it's not like he's out there, you know, telling us on the news that everything's going to be fine. Um... But even though God and, you know, Jesus aren't here in, you know, body form, they're here in spirit, through the Holy Spirit. And when, it's, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I think of this verse in 2 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 7 through 10, also called Paul's vision and the thorn in his side. And it goes, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So, there's two things I want to do with this verse. The first thing I want to do is I want to define the, some of the wording that's used in the verse. Uh, the two words I want to define are going to be conceited and sufficient. I'm going to start off with conceited. So, the word conceited in the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary is defined as having or showing an excessively high opinion of oneself. The Greek definition of this word means to be vain or vainglorious. And I know there's times in our lives where we're all vain or, you know, conceited or something along those lines, and I'm none the better. Uh, there's one story that really comes to mind uh, when it comes to this, and it has to do with these glasses. I'm holding them upside down. Okay. I'm going to put them on because i got a story to tell you now. All right. So the story of these glasses goes that uh, when I was playing high school baseball, the coolest thing for any of the guys to have other than, you know, the newest best cleats or the newest best glove was to have a pair of Oakley sunglasses. Uh, because that's what the pros wear, and in high school baseball and in college baseball, you want to be like the pros because, you know, they're the pros and you want to be them. Uh, and if you look like the pros, I mean, that's what many of us think. If you look like the pros, then you're going to play like the pros, even though that's, that's not true. Um, so the story goes, one day uh, I rolled up to practice, and I saw one of my teammates wearing a pair of Oakley sunglasses. I was like, this guy's the coolest guy on the team, you know? Uh, I want to be like him. So after practice ended that day, I went uh, to my dad's house, and I asked him, hey, can we go to the now defunct sports authority and, uh, you know, look for a pair of Oakley sunglasses? And he's like, yeah, sure, we'll go. So we go down to the store, and, you know, we're looking around for Oakley sunglasses, and we find this pair right here which looks eerily similar to Oakley sunglasses. So, the next day, after we bought them, we're all up to practice, and I'm wearing the sunglasses, and I'm like, all right, I'm the coolest guy here. I got these new sunglasses, and, you know, I'm the best, right? So we do our stretches and everything, and we're about to start warming up for practice, you know, throwing. And one of the guys stops me, and he's like, hey, just so you know, that's a knockoff pair of Oakley sunglasses. I'm like wait a minute, what? <laughs> so then I realized that this pair has a W on the side. Oakley sunglasses have an O on the side. Other than that, they look the same. <laughs> so when I figured that out, I was a bit deflated and I was you know, upset at myself for not knowing the difference between a very good knockoff pair of sunglasses and the real deal. So you know, we finished practice. I had a good practice, even though I was a bit upset at myself for not you know, knowing the difference. And when I'm in the clubhouse getting ready to go home, one of the other guys on the team walks up to me and says, hey, I got a pair of Oakley sunglasses I could give you for $100. You know, used, my brother and I don't use them anymore. And I was like, that's great. I really, really want this pair of sunglasses because I want to have the status, right? So what happened was next day, brought the $100, bought the glasses off them, all beat up and tattered, scratched up. But, you know, I didn't care because they're Oakleys. 
so warm to practice and I was like, all right, cool. This is amazing. I feel like the best guy on the team now. The irony of it all is that I paid $100 for a beat up pair of Oakley sunglasses. Meanwhile, a new, brand new pair cost 200 So I just wanted them that bad that I was like, I don't care if they're all beat up and nasty. Um, but with that said, uh, I was conceited in that time. I just wanted the glasses for status and so I'd look better because, I mean, look at this face. Um, but back to the context of the uh, verse or the line. Uh, in this context, I believe what uh, Paul is writing is that the word conceited means I raise beyond or I uplift. I uplift myself or exalt myself. I'm arrogant. And so in the verse, when you put that context in, it says that therefore in order to keep me from becoming arrogant or self-exalting, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Meaning that God's basically telling Paul that, hey, don't lose sight of what's good. Don't lose sight of what's here. I'm still with you. I, I know it's easy for us to get wrapped up in our own like little worlds and for us to sort of stray from God. But in this instance, the thorn in, fall, in Paul's flesh is a reminder from God that, hey, maybe you've strayed a little too far. I'm still here with you. Follow me. The second word that I want to define is the word sufficient. And in Merriam-Webster's dictionary, sufficient means, or is defined as, uh, enough to meet the needs of a situation or a proposed end, to be adequate. The Greek definition of the word is to be adequate or ample. And I believe in this context that it means to be satisfied, or I am satisfied. So when uh, Jesus is saying, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That Christ responds when he says, My grace is sufficient for you. It means that you should be satisfied with my response. You should be satisfied in the fact of knowing that even though I haven't physically removed this pain for you, I'm going to lead you to the answer to come out of this pain. And the answer that Paul gets is not easy. It's not the one that he wants. But it's God saying that my grace is sufficient for you. That is God saying, I'm not going to deliver you directly from this pain. I'm going to lead you to the answer so that you can achieve happiness and that you know how to work through these situations the next time they arise. With that said, we were living in this time, you know, of COVID and this really, really hard time that we've all suddenly found ourselves in the middle of living in somebody else's history book. With that said, I can't help but think of the verse, Psalm, uh, uh, I can't help think of the passage of Psalm 23, verse 4. I have two different translations. I have the NIV version and the New King James version. I believe one is better than the other for the time that we're living in right now. Uh, the NIV version reads, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
the better version for 2020 that I believe is the New King James Version that goes, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I believe that the New King James Version is a better version for 2020 because it's how this year feels. This year feels like death and destruction and chaos is looming in every corner. No matter where you look, you're seeing something about, you know, COVID deaths or destruction or riots or protest. And it just seems hard this year to, like, see through all that death and chaos. Even though it feels like we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, at, and at times it feels like it's big as the San Fernando Valley, this valley that we're walking through, uh, God is still with us. God is here. He's even leading us through, even though we don't really notice it at times. Uh, we're not alone because the Holy Spirit has our back. And it's guiding us, like in the verse of Paul, it's guiding us to the answer. It's guiding us to the light at the end of the tunnel. And once we realize that we're not alone in this you know, dark, chaotic world that we've found ourselves in the middle in, we realize that we have the power and the strength to persevere and to see the end result of what's happening in our lives. Another very important word I want to use in this sermon is the word of acceptance and how acceptance is very important in times like these. And when thinking of the word acceptance, I think of First Peter 1, where Peter is saying that though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So, that verse, when it comes uh, at me, I think of acceptance. In that, when it comes to acceptance, you realize that you experience the hope of God through an expressible joy, through your faith in him through the hard times. This type of joy can be achieved through perspective, which is not completely focusing on everything that's going bad around you or just living in the, you know, darkness that we all see ourselves in. Or as, you know, therapists would put it, don't live in the past. Don't, like, regret the past. Don't fixate on the past. Because you can't fix the past. It's happened. Instead, they would say, focus on the present or the future and what your goals are to be. And with that said, I already went over the fact that, you know, for the most part, you can't change a lot of things in the world around you. You can't change the past. And you don't have all the answers to every question that arises or every hardship that arises in your life. But when you bring this acceptance into your life, you're able to focus more on the moments of joy that we have and the moments that we may overlook in times of hardship and chaos. And in this instance, I would believe that this joy that we all experience in even the smallest form, and the smallest thing, is a form of a blessing, it is a gift from God. It's how you know the Holy Spirit is watching over you. 
It's how you know that God's still with you, guiding you to this end result, to the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's in times of struggle, fear, and pain that these little moments of joy, these blessings, are meant as a sign from God to say, hey, it's okay to be happy right now. It's okay to be happy when the world around you is falling apart, it seems like. Don't be a, like, afraid to be happy. And I would also say that acceptance leads us to distinguish the thin line between joy and pain. That once you gain acceptance, the painful things will be a little less painful. And the things that you think are hard, you will be able to see the joy in. And I would say, just don't be afraid to allow yourself to partake in these moments of joy. Because, you know, again, they're a light from God saying, it's okay, I'm here, follow me, I will lead you through it. So with all that in mind, with all that said, I've asked Philip to sing the song 10,000 Reasons after I was done. Because the song in the third verse says, and on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praises unending. 10,000 years and then forevermore. After that, it goes into the chorus of Bless the Lord, O my soul. I wanted him to sing this song, especially because of this third verse. Because it says that even though the end may be drawing near, as everybody would like you to believe in the time of COVID, and though it may feel like we're in the darkest moment that we've ever lived in, that my soul will stay strong and that I will sing your praises of love and of triumph. For the Lord is in my soul. Through the Holy Spirit has come into and made a home in my soul. For I have the Holy Spirit guiding me through the darkest valley and through the valley of the shadow of death. And with that, I want to pray. Dear God, I thank you for this day and for this opportunity to be able to spread your message. I thank you for the ability to have this live stream and for uh, people that make this work on a, a weekly basis. Dear God, I, I thank you for the moments of joy that you give us in our lives. I thank you for guiding us through the darkest times and for through the times that seem like we can never escape. God, I, I thank you for everything, for your love, for your support, and for guiding us in our daily lives. Let us uh, go with you and keep you in our hearts and our souls. And maybe we will see that now the darkest times and the times that we thought never would happen in our lifetimes will not be as bad. In your son's name I pray, amen.